You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Welcome to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. Uh, I'm starting with Steve, and Vicky is back with us this week. Hello, hello. Uh, you had your women's treat last week, oh, so you fabulous. were away. I'm so refreshed in Jesus. Refreshed in Jesus. Did you yeah. have a good time? We had a great time. We had 88 women, and what was so cool is that quite a few churches were represented, and uh, this was the best retreat we've ever had, um, just because of the schedule and the women and the Holy Spirit mostly, and just, the, well, a lot of it was just being able to relax yeah. and out in the mountain, sitting by the pool. It was great. That's cool. We had a good time. Awesome. Did you miss me? I did. Oh, thank you. Did you miss me? Yes. He's shaking his head yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's shaking his head no. Yeah, that's a, that is an interesting little colloquialism. And it, and Colloquialism. Yeah, so you got, here I notice people say shake your head yes. Whereas in England we say it, shake your head no and nod your head yes. So whenever people say shake your head yes, I'm always really confused. Confused? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Yeah, I agree with him. I, I do it like he said. Oh. I say you nod yes, you yeah. shake your head no. Wow, no clue. Anyway. Uh, we are in full swing here, around here at the moment, getting ready for our kids' mud run. It's yes. uh, a couple weeks away now, which is sneaking up on us, and we have, I think, over 2,000 kids. What like. it is is that we, um, um, at the property with the, with the Lights of Hope, like we had at Christmas if you were around, we um, have an obstacle course for kids, uh, a free obstacle course for kids in the mud, and they go in heats, and, and uh, they run almost, some of them run over, over a mile, don't they, the older kids? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and so last year we had 2,500 children yeah. running in two days, and this year we'll probably beat that. And it's just a wonderful day if you're anywhere near and like three hours away, four hours away, you should come over, bring your kids. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. And so you can, um, can, you they can register online. Up? Yep. Lord's Gym Kids Mud Run. Lord's, the Lord's Gym Kids Mud Run. Yep. Just Google it, Norville, yep. and we'd love for you to come. Yeah, and it's been really cool to see the community uh, come together to make this thing happen. It's really one of my favorite things about what we do is we, you know, jump on board and work together to put on something special for the community. And sometimes it's hard work and long hours, but Jesus is worth it. I know it's getting hot again, isn't it? Yep. It's hot. It's yeah. hot. The heat came right ready for the mud run, which is fun. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but, uh, we, yeah, it's such a good thing. And I'm really glad to be part of it. So I'm yeah, excited to see what is going to happen, you know, all the fun and the memories. So be praying for us as we, uh, next couple of weeks, as we try to get everything ready because mm-hmm. we're, we're racing. So we're racing. Yeah. We're racing to the races. But let's, uh, dive into our scripture today. We're uh, going to get back on track and, and our look through some of the epistles and the letters to okay. the churches. So we're going to jump into uh, John, First John. I just lost my uh, First John tab five. because First John 1. One five. five. One five. Um, here it is. Okay, I'm going to read the scripture and okay. then we'll, we'll dive in. I'm sure we've got lots to say about this lots one. Lots to so. say. Uh, John says, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you Mm. that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another 
and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, Mm. we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So I highlighted everything that you just wrote. I'm trying to highlight the um, salient points in, in that. Um, there's a lot of salient points there in is. it. Yeah. So, but I will defer to Steve, and then I'll play off what he says because I'm sure he has a lot to, a lot of revelations. I think the beginning of this thing is that you know we have heard from him, mm. and we mm. announced to you. Wow. wow. And um, the the whole message then becomes a message from Jesus. Mm. We've heard it from him. We announce it to you. He's real clear, John is, about, you know, we're eyewitnesses. We're not telling you something clever thing we made up or that we heard from someone else. We were eyewitnesses. And this message we have heard from him, we announce to you. And that he's light and in him there is no darkness. And if we say that we fellowship or hang out with, you know, um, walk with him, we walk in the light. But if we don't walk in the light, we walk in the darkness, then we're liars. And so the walking in the light is where people twist this thing and they say, because of Jesus, I walk in the light, Mm -hmm. not because of my own behavior. They take away their behavior from this statement. And this is a real common verse to actually quote that says, see, we're in the light because he's in the light. Mm. But what it's really saying is if you're with him, you're in the light. Mm. If you walk with him, you're in the light and you don't sin. It, then they say, well, it says if you, if you say you don't have any sin, you're a liar. Well, it was, what it's saying is if you say you don't need to walk with him because you don't have any sin. If you're saying you don't need to uh, come to him because well, I don't need Jesus, I don't sin, wow. you're a liar. It's not saying that, when, that, that it's absolutely a... a required that you sin while you walk in here so that you can be forgiven. No, we're supposed to confess our sins, admit our sins, acknowledge our weaknesses, and then um, we walk in the light with him. Yeah. And, and when so what do we look at as our example? What does this mean? Well, the life of Jesus Christ. Is there any, you know, revelation of sin that Jesus was committing? Did he, did he live in sin? Mm-hmm. The Bible says he didn't. And so if he didn't live in sin, we're supposed to walk like him, with him. So we're supposed to walk without sin. And the, John says later, if we sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from every unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, the same thing occurs. And that's for people who are working to walk in the light with Jesus and be like Jesus. And then their sin is accidental. Their sin is falling to temptation, not saying I can live any way I want, not just excusing unrighteous behavior saying, well, the light's on me. It doesn't really matter what I do. The grace is big enough. Grace is big enough. And those kinds of theological positions are the exact opposite of this instead of this supporting that. Hmm. And I don't think there's any doubt John's attitude. Later, he says, those of you that want to continue to sin, I wish you'd just mutilate yourself. I wish you'd go, you know, you, you, the truth is not in you. Yeah. you. You're a liar, and the truth is not in you. And yeah. it's like, I mean, it's so clear in context with the whole letter of First John that he's saying we are supposed to walk in the light as Jesus walks in the light. We're supposed to live like he did. And the record shows he was sinless. Hmm. He knew no sin. That's really good. We're supposed to know no sin or at least 
put every effort humanly possible into know no sin. And if we struggle, if we fail, it's like what Paul says later in Romans chapter 6, or, or in a different book in Romans chapter 6, you know, if we do the sin we want to do, then it's not forgivable. We're not even qualifying to walk in the light. Intentional. Yeah, intentional sin. But if we do the sin we don't want to do, that we're intending not to sin, but we do end up sinning. And, you know, anger, someone pulls in yeah. front of you, someone steps on your toe, someone playing catch with a baseball hits you in the head with a ball because of an errant throw, and you get <laughs> mad, you cuss, you, you scream, you say, you could even say, you know, burn in hell, you little, you know, whatever. <laughs> you could say something really horrible, you know. You know, or you could try to... So many things wow. in our life, uh, you know, for us men, uh, a, a certain type of woman walks by and we have a thought, you know, it's like, it's not, we weren't going out looking for sin saying, I'm just going to sin because the grace is big enough. Yeah. And that's, that's where this verse can be taken, but it's not in context of what John's talking about at all. He literally is saying, if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. And that's if we walk in the light and we sin. That's good. If we don't walk in the light, and like Paul says, if we want to do the sin, then we're not Not getting forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not cleansing us. That's really good. Yeah, I think the differential between intentional and unintentional, accidental and on purpose sin is really where this is where um, we really have to evaluate our thoughts and our motives if we just think that I got saved in 1979 and that's mm-hmm. all there is, the, the, his blood covers me, yeah. I think we better re, we re, rather refocus on the words of Jesus because I don't think that's what he's saying at all as I read all the other scriptures. And, <clears throat> he, you know, and it doesn't give you just a – this is not saying, you know, it just give you a carte blanche, you can sin and you're fine. It's, it's that, quite the opposite, oh. you know. And it says if we have – if we say that we have fellowships, if if we say we have fellowship, so you know, we we in walk in the darkness. So there's it's incongruent. Mm-hmm. Christians are supposed to be light, lights of the world. So that's dark. That's incongruent. Doesn't even match up. Right. So I think first, just stopping where you are and evaluating what you believe about intentional and on purpose sin. Um, Steve often says gives the. Um, illustration of a bullseye with a bow and arrow and if you're trying to aim at Jesus as he's a target and every now and then your arrow just misses a target it's not you're not intentionally trying to miss a target but if you turn away from the target and say you're, you're shooting at the target mm-hmm. that's intentional right. sin. so go ahead Steve I yeah. think that another part of this verse that is again I mean many times we've looked at a, a epistle verses like this letters the apostles were writing and what he's really saying is you got to be different yeah you got to be born again god is light and if you're not light you're not with god that's good you have and see i wasn't light i was lived in darkness and i came to walk with jesus and it's i came to give my life to him so to walk with him is in the light Mm. And that's uh, really, that's as clear. I mean, so clearly, so much clearly saying really that, that we must be born again. Our transformation must be t- uh, really total. Yeah. Yeah. I think as I, as I look at this, you know, the, it, it really points to our need for a savior, right? And that 
he is the light and he and you know we were living in darkness and his when his light comes into our life it's supposed to illuminate us and change us and but he is the one who is faithful and just righteous to forgive like we can't forgive our own sins we can't make ourselves like we can't do it by ourselves we need him in our lives to be the one that you know casts out the darkness that changes us that causes us to be born again and i know one of uh our like key message points here is that idea that salvation is through jesus alone right, right. and i think that w- some people um you know we struggle with this idea that maybe i can make myself righteous i can make myself good i can you know maybe there's this way to heaven or that way to heaven or there's this road or all roads lead to heaven you know and you know they said they heard this message from him alone that god that god is light and in him there's no darkness at all like what what does that mean for us in in context of salvation is through jesus alone like are there other places we can turn to is there any other road does all do all roads lead to heaven like what's what's the well the road of being light leads to heaven right you know uh the 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 whole idea of living perfect Mm -hmm. that leads to heaven uh, Jesus lived perfect, and that led to heaven. And right. He has the power, being who He is, Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Word of God, become flesh and dwelt with us. Because He is that, His accomplishing perfection can then become my accomplishing perfection, if I will walk with Him. And what's really nice about John's portrayal of this truth is I don't have to be perfect. But I should be trying to be perfect. I should be, a, I should be pursuing walking in the light with him and being as he is. And the fact that, you know, it's fairly clear that we aren't. Right. We now have this promise that in our attempt, our effort gives us this right to be called sons of God, be transformed, to be conformed and continually uh, getting better and better, more perfect every day. And I pray that everyone that's listening and understands that, that what Christianity is a walk, <clears throat> excuse me, a walk of being perfected every day. Yeah. A good. walk of becoming Christ-like every day. Yeah. Growing in our, in our ability to walk in the light, to, to be like Jesus as Jesus is in the light. And then when we try with all of our might we intend with all of our heart to not sin to do it right to walk with him when we fail it's just such a wonderful comfort to say i can go to the lord and confess and he will forgive me and he'll cleanse me but i don't think when we say well it doesn't matter it's uh. it's under the blood i don't i don't think that's exactly going to work out for people no. and i can't say you know i'm not god i don't decide that I'm not the one making it up. It's what really what all these letters say is no, no, no. You, you got to be in right standing with him, and then 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 your forgiveness is pretty evident. But if you're not, if you have this attitude of taking for granted or abusing mm-hmm. this this cross, this you know, continuing to add to the cross, since God is not bound by time, our sins now add to His cross then. And that's a concept over most of our heads. So mm-hmm. we'll just stick with the, what the verse means about today. And it says, if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I hope that's not true yeah. about me. So with this intentional sin versus unintentional sin idea, one of the things that I've observed over the years is that there, there are people who definitely do just say, it's you know, I, I, I gave my life to Jesus now. I can live however I want in this life because I'm going to heaven one day. 
But I feel like not that many people, I mean, not that many people live in that camp, but there are people that live in the camp that sort of says, like, I know I'm not supposed to sin, and I don't really want to do that, but they just don't put all that much effort into not trying. It's kind of like, oh, I know I'm not supposed to do that, I don't really want to do that, but you don't see, like, a reduction of sin in the life. It's like, oh, I know I'm not, I'm not supposed to get really angry, but I'm not really doing anything to change i'm not really doing to work on my anger i'm just if i get angry then i'm sorry jesus right. like wh what like is it is that okay or are you supposed to be working on things like where does a lot where does it fall between like i'm not i'm not okay with the sin but i'm not necessarily giving everything to work on it well <laughs> what comes to mind is working out your salvation with fear mm -hmm. and trembling and uh it's it's you know paul saying all the things that happened in his life, you know, shipwrecked wrecked and, and catanite, you know, beaten, you know, starved and what, you know, whatever. Um, and then at the end of that diatribe of, of everything he's endured for the sake of the gospel, he says that I might attain, mm -hmm. uh, have, uh, to the resurrection, to the resurrection, not that I have yeah. attained it. So for that, I have not. for I have not. And so if he says, Paul says, I have not attained it. I'm looking at myself saying, and if I just, you know, line, line up my life with Paul's, it's, 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 it's lacking uh, for what he did for the, for the gospel and for, you know, Jesus. So, I mean, I, I think there's reading, reading the gospels in context, and especially the red letters of what Jesus says is, is so, it's so important and, so, and it just changes your life and the confusion. Um, it doesn't sound like it's just a bless me club, and it doesn't sound like, well, I can't do this, so I just stop trying. Mm -hmm. um, it's 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 all about working working that what you said. Sure. You can't just stop and say, well, it's too hard. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't think I think I think it was Paul that said, what do you want to do? Crucify him again? Yeah. You know, yeah, you have all the, the yeah. yeah. What do you, you have all the power? You have. You see, it says, you have been. Um, Every temptation known to Christ, right? You known have been to man. Known to man. <laughs> and Christ. <laughs> um, you know, Christ went through those. Yeah. And, and it's like, and he gives you a way out. How, what's the scripture about he gives you a, a point But with of every temptation, he provides a way of escape. Say yeah. that again. That's good. No, no temptation has overcome you except what is common to man. Correct. But with every temptation is provided you a way of escape. Yep. So that that what you just said is then irrelevant mm -hmm. because right. you better know. I, like, I want to know what Jesus says. By temptation, yeah. right? No, and I want to I want to know what the words of Jesus said. I don't want to just think, believe this or believe that. I want to know what exactly so, yeah. what Jesus says and what's expected of me. You know, so many people. I mean, I've known so many people that were seeking the truth mm -hmm. so desperately, and they wanted to know it. Yep. And they got skipped off like a rock, rock skipping on the lake. You know, they got skipped off and they they ricocheted off the truth mm -hmm. and ended up in a ditch. And their faith is bankrupt now mm. because so many people interpreted kind of the way your question yes. was. Yeah. You know, they good. interpreted it. And that, that methodology of thinking just just caused them to lose faith. I mean, so many kids raised in churches of Christianity, yeah. they're not even getting explained to. They're just reading it and coming to these conclusions that I want this. Oh my yeah. gosh, this is, you know, I want to know the truth. But, you know, some well-meaning Sunday school teacher, some well-meaning leader, pastor, father, mother, aunt, yeah. uncle, somebody ricochets them off with these kinds of statements about it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. You know, that, that, and it's just not what this, not what That's these good. letters say. It's, it's, you know, I think that one of the most, 
Um, being paid in advance is one of the most damaging things for me. I, I cannot be paid in advance. You want me to build something for you? I just am excited to build it. We just, we agree to a price, and we're, I'm laying it out in my head. I've got the ideas of where I can get the materials together, what I need, you know. I know the questions to ask and everything, and I'm just excited. And we agree on a price and the pay and the and the pay schedule. The problem is once you give me the money, I mean, you come out and say, I want to give you this, I'm leaving, and I know you'll finish it. Well, I'm telling you, to know I'm going to finish it is so hard. Yeah. It is so ridiculously hard to finish that paid in advance. And I think that Christianity is per, uh, really put forward as paid in advance all the time. And I don't want to be paid in advance. And when I read the verses and I see that Paul says, I have not attained to the resurrection, and he was at the end of his life after all that he did, I want to say, I want to, say to people, I, I know that I can't count on that. Mm-hmm. I, I know that there's a judgment seat for me and that I haven't been paid yet. I haven't, or, you know, everyone says the minute you do this, you're it's done. That's it. That's over. You're never again. You know, nothing you can do. Hmm. And I'm what like, I just don't think that's possible. I don't think that's possible to even true. I mean, there's so many verses and so many stories and so many theologies in the Bible that are just spelled out so clearly that make no sense whatsoever if that's true. That's that right. You said a prayer somewhere at an altar, and people get that belief and they just skip off. There's nothing left for me to do. It doesn't matter what I do. It's over. He did it. Boom. Done. We can go live this way. And then these verses say, you're not in the light. You, 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 are, you cannot live this way. And I think that we lose faith and we lose drive and we lose a desire. And I think First that love. it's pretty clear that in every parable, he says that the, at the end of the age, he's going to gather the sheep and the goats. At the end of the age, he's going he's to come back. The master will return one day and he will exact from you what you did with your talents. Wow. The master will come and you better have oil or you won't get into the wedding feast. Wow. The master will come. And if you're not working, the, the servant not working in the vineyard and the servant working in the vineyard, what's, which one is justified wow. by the master? Okay. And all of these parables, every single one, the bearing of fruit, you know, that the branch gets taken care of and the other one gets cut off. Wow. And it's like, well, if it's all done, why would we care whether <laughs> yeah. the branch gets it's not good. us is not our branch, but it is our branch. And it is, it is a futuristic thing. It is after death. We cross the finish line, and Paul says, don't be deceived. Every one of you will stand at this judgment seat of wow. Christ and yeah. be judged for all that you do. And I think that's the real danger of how this is interpreted, that we yeah. end up skipping off the truth. People who are actively seeking the truth, we teach them this philosophy, this theology, and they just bounce off. That's good. And pretty soon, they no longer even follow the Lord. They don't even believe any of yeah. But it's not him they don't believe in. It's what they were told about him they don't believe in. And you can't get them to listen anymore because they say, nope, I already did that. I've been there and done that. And I'm open. You can tell me anything. You can change every belief I have as long as when when I work it on out, it's the truth. Oh, that is what that means, you know. And I've changed my mind many times in my life. I've said, oh, you know, I've always believed this. But, you know, what's clear? These verses really are clear. That's not what it means. And so anyway. That's good. It really is good because it's, um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, 79, I got saved. And, and I think even Steve said this to me when I got saved, you know, it's just you, you ask Jesus in your life, you know, and that's, that's it basically, you know, and, and the revelation that, no, no, that's not it. That's the beginning of your mm-hmm. of relationship. And then I, I just go from that to work out your salvation with fear and trembling and then go to that to um, I wish you were hot or cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if because you're lukewarm, I'm gonna spit you out of my mouth, and, and then all a, the that's an after that's an afterwards. That's an afterwards, Go and ahead. then and then even the the books in Revelation where he, where he's writing to the churches, 
And I wish, you know, he, sure. again, he's talking about being lukewarm or, you know, I'm going to erase your, I'm going to erase your name from the book of life and take your, your, your lampstand, you know, down. I'm going to take, give, take back the, um, white yeah. stone. Yeah, dig back the yeah. things I gave you. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's like, what are we reading? I mean, okay. I'm just going to try to, I'm just going to believe Jesus, what he says on this about yeah. what he, what salvation means to him. So what he says in those revelation letters is if you repent, if you turn, or right. he says, if you, if you start to do this yeah. right, yes, I will grant yeah. you. Yes. And he's talking to churches. Yeah. If you do it. Yeah, if you do these that things. That seems like it's very, yeah. very conditional. Yeah, very to conditional. To me, it seems yeah. like, I, I know people don't want to hear this, but no. I think Christianity is very conditional. Yeah. It's all about conditions. Yeah, they say unconditional love, but that's a misunderstanding of love. Mm-hmm. We call it unconditional love because we think us loving our puppies what all love looks like. Mm-hmm. And a loving God would never do this. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is we determined what love is, and then we try to fit God into that's that. Really good. And instead, what we should do is say, start with the premise of God is love mm-hmm. and go from there. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And everything is about God is love. And you're like, well, then loving God would do that. And it changes your whole perspective on what a loving right. God would really would good. do. Yeah. But if you take what you take today's version, the woke version of love, or you take the millennial version of love, or even the baby boomer version of love, and what love is, then you get to the end and you go, well, you've completely perverted love. Yeah. And now, because you perverted love, and the Bible says God is love, you, then you perverted God. Mm. Now you're following some fictional, made-up being that you've created in your own mind. Instead of reading the Bible, what does he say, and who is he? And that's what our biggest thing is, who is God? Let's continue to look at who he says he is, because we haven't scratched the surface on that one. You know, I'm 47 years in, and I'm not going to get to live 470 years. But even if it was 470 years, it wouldn't be enough for me to figure right. out who God is. Yeah. Good. And we as Christians, we don't even spend 10 minutes on the idea. We just go with what someone told us God is, who we think God is. I think who God is is the number one subject for all followers of him. That's really good. This is what love is. This wow. is what it looks like. And so I, I'm... Anyway, I could take off on that subject. You are passionate. You are yeah. passionate about that. Yeah, I love that. I love the passion because it's, it is, it's, it's everywhere, and it's like don't let, don't take our word for it. Studies show yourself approved. So, this idea of you know, if we say that we have fellowship with Him yet walk in the That's darkness, right. we lie and do not practice the truth. Yeah. <laughs> the you know, there's a very real impact. Where, I, where was that? That's verse six. Six. Oh, I'm, I'm the, one two. Okay. There's a very real impact. I think of people who say they believe that walk in the darkness and the the damage or the the impact that has that on non-believers and other believers so can we talk a little bit about that like the what are the repercussions of saying we have fellowship right now because there's two ends coming you know we've had the generations of the church now you know at least i've been around 40 coming up on 50 years and it's been here since then and so on the other side of that you've got the side that is giving themselves over to sin wow. and it's crashing in the middle with every tv show every movie making jokes of christians mm-hmm. uh turn, trying to get it to where we're totally intolerant using that word for us and so that's really the danger totally right? intolerant in, said. yeah t- okay. didn't i i hope so yeah. anyway totally yeah. intolerant of us we're, we're totally intolerant of everybody they want and so we become a negative, not a positive. Right. And we have the discussion through COVID of uh, essential, non-essential. And the truth is, if we would look at ourselves and say, what is essential, then we'd try to be essential so that when the next 
pandemic or whatever happens, people would look us at us as essential to their daily life. Yeah. Nobody sees it that way right now because the churches for many, many years have refused to be essential to the day-to-day life of people yeah. in terms of educating your kill. The church used to educate, reading, right. writing, and arithmetic. That's been perverted. And on that side, it's coming in this way. And on the church side, we are, we are misreading what God intends for his followers to be. And we are being something completely different. Instead of sacrificial, unselfish, laying down our lives for our neighbor, we really are what's in it for me. And God, I, I gave my life to the Lord, asked him into my life to bless my life, not I gave my life to the Lord to bless the kingdom, right. to be poured out for his glory. Huh. That is the difference between it. Poured out for his glory, blessed, invited him in to bless me. Mm-hmm. Those are the differences in, in the world. And that's why, you know, the answer to your question, it's a twofold answer. It's the world is coming this way and the church and they're colliding at the most opportune time where the church's lukewarm nature of wow. response to God's will and the perverting of these verses to mean what they want them to mean, along with creating God in their own image and not studying who he says he is versus the world who is losing all of its faith in the church or Christians or the message and really delving into selfishness on levels that is almost impossible to equate, to count. You can't even, you can't even get a calculator and abacus and keep track of the selfishness that is overriding the world at the same time as the church's selfishness is diminishing the church's importance in society. So therefore the church has no voice when talking about this incredible God. In Revelation, it really does say he will come and speak for himself. Mm -hmm. The problem is it's scary. It's really horrible. And I don't want anybody to go through that. And I, I want this passion for people that not to go through what Revelation says God's going to do when he has to speak for himself because the church won't speak Mm -hmm. for him. And it's, it's really, I, I don't want to be that. You know, I hope I'm not here. I don't really got to say I don't really know if, about this mm-hmm. rapture and all that and when, when it happens, pre-trib and all that. I can say what I believe, but I, don't, I can't say that I know for a fact. Mm-hmm. But I just hope I'm not here for that. When, that. when the revelation, when the tribulation and revelation comes and God speaks for himself and, oh, my goodness, I, I really, Lord, I beg you to back off of that promise because he will speak for himself because the church won't. And the thing is, I, when, again, when Steve was speaking, I, I think about, you know, a loving God, right? You know, oh, he's a loving God. He won't ever do that. And then I, I, I remember Revelations 13, 9, I, I'm sorry, Hebrews 13, 9, where it says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if you look back, if you just read the Old, old Covenant, the mm-hmm. Old Testament, and see what he thinks about holiness and what he, how he operates— yeah. Um, I think there should be a little bit more reverence to the words of Jesus because I do not want to meet God as an Old Testament God. I'd rather meet him as a God of the New Testament through grace and mercy of Jesus. I don't want to take Jesus' sacrifice lightly. Mm. I don't want to mock him. I think actually there's a scripture about be, um, God won't be mocked, and yeah. then we talk yeah. about just living what you're saying, and it's I don't want that mm. because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then the story of uh, Ananias and Sapphira, in the New Testament, I can't get around that. It's like what they did. You know what happened to those two? That's the New Covenant, and so that that's hard to explain. Um, the merciful, you know, the mercy and the you know the justice, the justice and and that God wouldn't do that. It's like um. So I have a hard time rationing that. You know, like the love of God, what it is. It's so yeah. He defines love. We don't. 
we define love because we we feel so one way towards our kids. However, he has kids too, and he defines love entirely different. And the God will not be mocked. Scripture is God will not be mocked. Every man will reap exactly that which yeah. he sows. And then the other part of that God will not be mocked is every one of us will stand before God and give answer for what we've done in the judgment seat yeah. of Christ. Yeah. So that goes perfectly with what we're talking yes, about. Yeah, absolutely. Living in the light. The the scripture that came to my mind, uh, it's one of Paul's scriptures that just to read in this idea of uh, being light. So he is the light. We come to him. What's then supposed to Become be the light, light right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, imitation. Imitation. But this, this scripture from Paul is... Uh, he says, this is First Corinthians chapter 9, You can verse 24, you can read it along. He says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Mm-hmm. Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Wow. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim, I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I will myself not, sorry, I myself will not be disqualified. (laughs) That's why I run the race. I don't want to be disqualified. I'm not living for 43 years for Jesus to be disqualified at the very end, because if I stop at the one-yard line before the end of the race, I don't get the prize. I I don't get a silver. I don't get a bronze. I get nothing. Everybody will pass me, and I'll be stuck right there one yard from the finish, yeah. you know. And it's like, I'm not running this race to finish short. I've got too much time and love and, and, and invested. I want to know what he says and follow that. That's my, that's my, my uh, mantra or my document for living is, um, is that, is just follow, read what he says and who, do it. Who on earth do you know that would ever think that Paul would be disqualified? <laughs> And yet he is saying th- this whole thing is so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be qualified. Disqualified. After I will not be disqualified. I, he's saying after I have done this, all that I've done, uh-huh. preached to others, that I might not. Crazy. And that's all he's talking about doing is taking his eye off the prize, wow. taking his eye off the journey. Or the Keep ending. your eye on this. Finish line. Self con- exercising self control, losing my drive and, and and not exercising self control, because he himself also wants all the things he says. I'm tempted like any man, yeah. and 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 uh, just not beating the air, but actually pummeling my body into submission, submission, so that I might not be disqualified. Who preaches that today? Uh, Jesus does. Yeah, you know it's just. It's like finding someone that preaches that yeah. and follow them, you know, read the words yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. And <laughs> I preach that. You do. That's what he was looking for. <laughs> I know. I know. But I didn't want to sound self-serving. Well, <laughs> we preach that. That's what the Father's house preaches because we read it here and it says that. And you're like, if Paul can be disqualified, if he can fail to attain to the resurrection, what the heck am I doing? Uh, I'm not going yeah. to be paid in advance. I'm, even, if, even if I get to heaven and Jesus says, you know you were paid in advance it was okay i said yeah but if i thought that i wouldn't have pummeled my body i wouldn't have put myself in 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 submission i wouldn't have exercised self-control Correct. i need to know that my payment comes at the end i need that it's my human nature and that's what we believe at the father's house that's what steve preaches <laughs> every week he read we, I mean, i'm being facetious yeah. but a little bit funny but the truth yeah. is as we do and and uh 
every Sunday it's it's the next scripture in yeah. context in in a row. It's and it's it's it, we don't cherry pick because it's like you can you can actually have the, the you can have these these words say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. You can make it a whole doctrine by just cherry and cherry picking means just taking out the, the the best scripture and just using it and making your own making your own denomination or whatever. But if you read if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John in context and Matthew one, Matthew two, it's really hard to be confused. Mm-hmm. It really does clarify things. That's good. To be in the light. You uh Last this last Sunday, Steve, you, you preached a message about uh, Ma- Mary and Martha. Such a great Mary message. And, what a great uh, message. and one of the things, it really, this wasn't the, necessarily the main part of your message, but one of the things that you said that stood out to me was um, about how for Mary to decide not to uh, be in the kitchen serving food was such a countercultural decision, yeah. like what was expected of her, right? Well, she did exactly, just like the lady yeah. who poured her perfume over yeah. Jesus' right. feet was what a spectacle. I mean, right. her walking in that room and doing that took such courage. And Mary doing this, a yeah. woman in that era not serving a house guest. Yeah. And I was thinking about this in terms of this, you know, God is light and there's no darkness in him at all. If we say we have fellowship with him yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I think sometimes the culture that we grow up in, the people we spend not so much time around, just the way the world is, it's almost like that same kind of level of decision to truly walk in the light, to just be like everyone's going one way and I'm going to go the other way, right? It's that sort of like there is a there's a cost involved, there's a there's an impact it has on our life and our decisions, and I think sometimes it's easier to just go with the flow than it is to really choose to say this That's is what good. Jesus wants of me, right? And I. Uh, I think for myself and, you know, for, I, I can only really speak for myself when I say sometimes that, that there's just that pressure to just go, oh, you know, maybe I've done enough or maybe, maybe it's okay. Maybe you know? arrived. Maybe, not even if I've arrived, but just, is this okay? Like, maybe I can just take a step back here or maybe I can just, you know, but this, yeah. when I read these verses and I just, it just challenges me once again to be like, Lord, I, I want to be different for you. You're, you're, I want to live in the light. I want to be the light. And you know, it was what well, you're talking about the uh, Mary Martha scripture, yeah. and it was fascinating to me because it came. The, 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 if you go back to the scripture before that, it's talking about the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And in Christianity, we have to, I've heard many sermons about don't be a Martha, don't be a Martha, don't be a Martha. But that's not true because the scripture before is talking about the uh, the Good Samaritan and everything he did, the cost that he paid to pick up the the guy on the side of the road. And the time that you know he did something, yeah. so it's like I have heard so many scriptures or so many sermons about, you know, Martha. You know, she was wrong. She wasn't wrong. Mm. She did exactly what the culture said she should do. She was serving a guest in her home and yeah. making him, you know, doing doing the honorable thing. And Mary really wasn't doing, like you said, the honorable thing. But at that moment, it's, like Steve said, it's what Jesus needed. Yeah. And it's like it doesn't give you permission not to do anything. Okay, I'm just gonna sit at Jesus' feet and do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just gonna lay here, soak for, soak for 12 hours, and that's all. It's not. At the scripture, there's so many more scriptures that say about doing something. Right. You know, so that's what I'm talking about cherry picking. And so in in that that case right there, Luke, is that I've heard that people make whole whole right. lifestyle choices yeah, about Mary often, Martha. Yeah, whole right? doctrines. Whole yeah. doctrines. Oh, yeah. good grief! It's so yeah, denominations yeah. based on it. Yeah. yeah. So the call really is. Uh, you know, the point of your message was is we got to do what he's asking us to do mm-hmm. in, in any moment, right? And I think that 
one of the clear things he's always saying which this scripture backs up from today in john and we've been getting a lot through the epistles is that you must be born again you must become you must be born again and that means you know where we were once darkness now we become light where yep. we were once you dead, once we walked alive. in darkness yeah. you must now walk in the light yeah. as he is in the light yep. be like him right so just for you know all of our listeners we just really encourage you to look at your heart look at your life have you have you stepped out of darkness and into the light are you are you can are you recognizing you need him are you confessing your sin when you sin and changing and becoming more like him and if you're listening to these podcasts and you're being encouraged or you're being challenged or you're just learning stuff would you just send us a note yeah. send us a line yeah luke will tell you how yeah we'd, we'd love to hear from you you can uh Email us at uncommonpodcast at gmail.com. We'll, that will be in the description of the episode. You can find the email address there. And also, as we've been talking about this, the sermon that Steve preached on Sunday, you can uh, find all of our sermons at uh, on YouTube on the Father's House Oroville's channel. So check, check us out there. And um, So Father's House Oroville. And um, yeah, you can check out all of our sermons, like this Mary Martha message. And we just really appreciate you joining yes. us each week for this podcast. It's... Uh, we have a lot of fun making it, lots of laughs and lots of revelation. And yep. we're really thankful for our uh, listeners. And so thank you. And we will be, uh, I guess it's a good place to land the plane. So we will have we a will, great week. We'll be back next time looking at uh, 1 John 2. And uh, have an awesome week and we'll see you soon. God bless you. You've been listening to The Uncommon Truth. Thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback. You can tell us what you think about today's show at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get in touch to ask questions for Steve and Vicki or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered. Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.